All right, three, two, one. Hello, Guardians. Welcome back to Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Derrigan. Alongside me, as always, is none other than Josh Vinny. I could th- nothing. No, no, no nicknames this week. Nothing good happened to riff a nickname off of. What am I going to say? The laid off Josh Finney? No. The DDoS Josh Finney? No. Uh, that's, that's true. It's, it's not a great week. DDoS Finney? Uh, it's, 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 it's not a great week for you. I know. It's uh, after a pretty decent, maybe first half of the week. Uh, this week, yeah. uh, not not good T- today it's, specifically. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a really interesting first half of the week. The weekend was kind of fascinating, and then, uh, well, we got today. So, yeah. Um, yeah. we'll we'll get into that. We're gonna get into that later. Uh, we're gonna get into uh, some talk about Epic and uh, Creative Assembly. Yeah, uh, later on. Creative yeah. Assembly was like the the surprise one. Although I guess if you work three years on a game like Hyenas, you're bound to like have to give up some people considering that game was almost done <laughs> yeah i yeah well we're, we're we're gonna get into it and uh, how i was not even aware the hyenas existed until this morning um jim ryan stepped down yeah we'll have a little bit of we we genuinely will have some discussion about that um we i believe we have a question about that tonight too yeah that'll um, be interesting like because his whole thing was like let's get games as a service in here and i wonder if they'll bring i yeah. wonder if whoever takes over is going to be more focused on like what playstation is usually good at which is the single player narrative games yeah i'm really curious to see if they promote somebody from within or if they hire from the outside you gotta think it's gonna be an outside hire personally but mm-hmm. uh we I got must... some jim ryan chatter coming up later yeah Let's, mean, let's jump right on into the destiny of yeah it. let's do destiny because we got a lot of things to talk about there as a well small things yeah to talk about tonight yeah um man so uh if you've tried playing in the last two weeks you have probably been hit with error codes galore i'm actually shocked that the servers were stable enough last night to mm-hmm. uh be able to do a full run of chrono without anybody getting kicked oh boy uh, no uh no warnings or anything like that it does seem like the error codes have kind of subsided since the tuesday reset yeah um, they've at least like scaled down dramatically in terms of the difficulty of getting on like this last weekend was completely unplayable yeah i tried to get i tried to get on on tuesday i think and i could not get on on tuesday Oh, so I'll amend my statement then. Um, as of as of Wednesday evening, it seemed to be working pretty solidly. There's been a lot less like people in the Discord saying, "Oh my God, I'm getting DC'd." I've seen a lot less on social media. Um, well, there was also an update on Tuesday that my Xbox didn't download, even though I have, uh, mm, you know, and that like, may be part of it. Yeah. So it's. It's just one of those things that uh, Destiny hasn't ever really had that we can confirm a true DDoS attack. Yeah. Um, this happens in the year of our 2023. Um, I am no cybersecurity expert, so I'm not going to sit here and speculate on how easy it is or is not to get under control. I work for one. I could honestly, ask him. <laughs> honestly, like from what I've gathered and what I understand uh, from doing some reading on the subject, it kind of seems like you just have to ride it out. Um, yeah. you don't really, unless, unless you can pinpoint it, which I mean, like if you're in like the U S or you know, Europe or Australia or Japan or something like good fucking luck, because you're going to get caught eventually. Yeah. Um, 
the rumor going around on social media was there was someone uh, from Russia. I don't know how accurate that is, but it was somebody who was supposedly really upset about the crafting bug getting fixed, and that's the dumbest scapegoated reason ever. Right. Um, people DDoS things because they can and because it's a way to show off to their buddies. Uh-huh. Um, if anybody remembers, and this was the comparison I was drawing in, in the Discord earlier in the week, if anybody is old enough to remember, and I, I know a lot of our listeners are, the Lizard Squad attacks early in the Xbox One and PS4 life cycles. Yeah. Um, infamously, it got to the point where you couldn't enjoy playing your consoles on a major holiday. Mm-hmm. Because they would just DDoS them repeatedly around that. I remember two Christmases <clears throat> in a row. Mm-hmm. Like it was uh, 2014, 2015, or 2013, 2014, one of the two. Yeah. That uh, they the servers were just completely borked. Yeah. And uh, it started affecting more PS4 than Xbox after a while. Um, that was the last time Sony really had like a major cybersecurity issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember going through all that, and that's what caused the big three to really like overhaul their security protocols. So like, it's not them that's getting hit; it's it's Bungie directly. And for us to see a company get directly de- a game studio get directly DDoSed like this. We've seen it before with World of Warcraft, but that was years and years and years ago. I don't think we've seen it recently with WoW. If yeah. somebody plays WoW regularly and can like attest to something different, please let us know. Yeah. Um, I don't believe that WoW has had it recently, but they did back in like the mid to- mid twenty tens. And I feel like everybody as a whole got way better at cybersecurity. But to do this when Bungie's lawyers are just like being unleashed left and right, good luck. Right. Good, good luck. Uh, have have fun in uh, in court if you're if they ever make it to court. Um, but yeah, I I have to imagine that. Th- and then this this happens, and on the heels of that, we get the news that uh, Sony has been hit by a ransomware attack or something something of that sort this week. Yeah, um, we talked about that on our work podcast this week. It's just what 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 a mess. And of course, everybody immediately when they hear Sony. And cyber secu- cyber attack immediately has the flashback to all the free games they had to give out when PSN went down for like twenty six days. Yeah, uh, I remember. I remember beyond covering that. Like yeah. they, did, they did like a live stream every single day until it came back up. Yeah, and they were like, uh, uh, like half the time they didn't know what to talk about because <laughs> this was the only news story for like a month uh, in the entire industry. The entire industry ground to a halt, and I don't think I've ever seen it happen that way i don't think any other topic has ever done that unity damn near did it yeah uh the past couple of weeks but even that was only for like a day or two like and then the new cycle moves like the new cycle moves so much faster now than it did you know 10 11 years ago when the, the sony attack happened oh yeah but i mean i i saw and then i saw people getting kind of giddy and being like hey i have two factor turned on uh i'm waiting for my free games now and i'm like guys you're not getting free games this this is 2023 jim ryan is not giving out free games nope sure sure not uh hopefully the ddos attacks are subsiding for you guys um at least long enough to get in and we we, uh, i forget who it was somebody in the discord was uh keeping us updated on uh, how many crucible games they were able to play in a row without getting kicked um and once i think we got past like three or four the update stopped um so i think that is a pretty good sign i think that was on like monday or tuesday Um, i picked a hell of a weekend to go out of town 
Yeah, good job, Josh. The whole industry yeah, I, fell apart. I could, n- I could not have planned. Uh, I could not have planned this better. The entire industry did, in fact, fall come together last week and then fall apart this week. Yeah. So uh, I have had uh, quite the uh, the seesaw of news of uh, news stories. Every time I try to leave town or I try to go on an extended drive, news starts coming in, and I have to check my phone at rest stops. Stop leaving town, Josh. That's that's uh, the yeah, news. Clearly, that's the moral of the story here is that I need to stop because. Uh, the most infamous example of this is uh, I was getting ready to move back from Austin. I was driving from Austin to Dallas. I was driving up to come look at an apartment, drop off so, drop off my uh, deposit for it, take care of a couple things in town before we move back. We were a week and a half from moving back, and I'm driving back. It's raining outside, and maybe I'm like 30 minutes away from my apartment. Also, my phone just starts buzzing. It starts buzzing constantly, and it's like everything like i'm getting i'm getting texts i'm getting dms i'm getting face i'm getting facebook messages Corey. facebook messages i don't fucking use face that's how i learned that i still had notifications turned on for facebook messenger i don't use facebook messenger and i was getting facebook messages there and finally uh one of my best friends calls me right as i'm uh i'm about to pass by bucky's i'm like two miles from (laughs) bucky's he calls me and he's like dude he's like what the fuck and i was like what do you mean like what's going on he's like Wait, you haven't seen it yet? I was like, no, I, I'm driving back. I got, I got caught in construction. I'm driving back, and he was like, oh my god. He's like, pull over, pull over, pull over at the next gas station. So I pull over, and I'm sitting there in a Bucky's parking lot, reading this and reacting in real time. <laughs> I thank God had my laptop with me. I, I had had the foresight to bring my laptop with no microphone, but I had my laptop. Corey and I had to record the most botched extra pod of all time that night. <laughs> um, but that was that was the more the moral of the story is Josh, stop leaving town. Yeah, it announced when you when I'm driving, things happen. Yeah, the uh, the last thing that really happened to me like that was uh, my wife and I were on our honeymoon and the switch was announced. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. That was fun. I, uh, other other infamous moments when I've tried to leave town uh, this past weekend. The Dolphins beat the Broncos seventy to twenty. Yeah, that happened. I, uh, we thought we thought it was uh, we thought it was a web page glitch when I asked uh, Chelsea to check NFL scores while I was driving through Oklahoma. Yeah, that was and then. Uh, uh, what was oh uh, A one Johnny has the most famous one. I'm on vacation, trying to enjoy my vacation. I'm trying to sleep on my vacation. Mm-hmm. Starts messaging me at. Uh, what was uh two thirty three o'clock in the morning local time in Florida, if not later, uh, with the news that he had just gone flawless for the first time in trials. Oh man. Oh my God. And it wasn't just one message. It was a stream of very excited, all caps messages. And I had my phone turned on, you know, I keep it turned on because you know, if the, if the, if, some, if the home had called about my mom or something, I needed to be able to answer the phone. Well, it woke Chelsea up. Oh no. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I don't know, Corey, I don't know how tired you typically are. Kids or no kids at Disney World. Oh, yeah, no, I know. You're that's the uh, tired. That's the, uh, yeah. Yeah, been there. So, um, yeah. She, uh, so I, I think a, I, an eternal grudge match was born out of this. Yeah. So, uh, man, the moral of the story. Don't leave. T- don't go on vacation, guys. Nope. The, the industry is in danger of collapsing every time I go on vacation. <laughs> every time I, I, I left town Friday morning, which meant I was up super, super early to watch the TGS show on Thursday. 
regretted doing that because I was so tired on Friday. I just, man. Yeah. Never. Never again. That'll do it. That'll do it. That'll do it. And on top of, like, the biggest leak ever last week. So, go figure. Yeah. Man. That Xbox stuff, crazy, man. That Xbox stuff is wild. Um... Let's I let's just get on let's get on into it. We got we got Twab. We got Twab this week, Corey. The Twab. The Twab. Sorry if anybody can hear me chewing. I've had like this incessant need to keep myself occupied lately. Yeah. With my anxiety. So like I am chewing Starburst like constantly. Oh man, sounds so good. So if you're a rapper's rapper's crinkling or me chewing, that's what it is. I am chewing I have a big ass bag of Starburst right here. It's snack time for Josh. Snack time for Josh. I ate dinner before the show tonight. Thank you very much. Man, that's uh that's a like a first. It's a first. Corey messaged me while I was having my dinner and was like, Hey man, I'm ready to go. And it was early. Yeah, it's because and I was like it's oh, because I'm boy. usually like ten or fifteen minutes late because my kids won't fall asleep. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh so this week, uh if you're if you're uh looking for uh some ritual activities to do, there is the uh solar precision bow for you to go earn in the nightfalls the pre astenix four uh it's a cassioid bow which of course cassioid cassioid guns break the game that is the foundry that makes the lesto uh some of the perks you can get include perpetual motion archer's tempo enlightened action range finder incandescent successful warm-up opening shot explosive head and precision instrument uh, this is going to be really coveted. I believe, uh, I think John and Joe are, uh, running some nightfalls at this very moment. Some GMs trying to get rolls on this and then trials this week. I like the idea of them telling us what trials weapon is coming before trials starts. Uh, the heavy grenade launcher is up for the first time this season in trials. The, uh, cataphract GL three. It is the strand Amalon heavy grenade launcher. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I, I don't think it's really great now, but I am going to try and get one of these and toss it in the vault for when heavy grenade launchers get another buff. Uh, you can get impulse amplifier, slick draw, enlightened action, auto loading holster, envious assassin, cascade point, chain reaction, explosive light, hatchling, full court, vorpal, and bait and switch. That is all of, like, the seriously, the best perks you can get on a heavy grenade launcher are on this. This is probably going to be a best in class when it actually does work. Uh, I personally would like a couple different roles to play around. Envious Assassin, Explosive Light would be pretty fun. Um, I like Impulse Amplifier on these. Uh, mm-hmm. So Im- I'm going to be looking for Impulse Full Court, personally. Uh, curious to see how Hatchling works on a heavy grenade launcher. Uh, not really sure how that one's going to work, but I'm curious anyways. Uh, and of course, Cascade Point is always good. Uh, I like the is... in, I like the inside oh, of this uh, grenade launcher. Like yeah, that. it's uh, it's very similar to the other the other Amalon ones that we've gotten. Um, mm-hmm. Specifically, the Wendigo. Yeah, uh, very similar, same exact make and model, uh, shape, whatever you want to call it. Um, I am excited to play. So with with how the servers have been borked this week, I haven't gotten to check out Checkmate yet. With how stable they were last night, I may jump in and check some out this weekend. Um, they've already done some... They're going to do some weapon changes here. Um, the damage penalty is going to be bumped up on the Devil's Ruin Laser Beam, Ooh. Fighting Lion, and Bows. Um, 
they're going to reduce the damage penalty for sidearms, SMGs, and scout rifles. Uh, bonus damage is going to be awarded to auto rifles and pulse, pulse rifles. He's going to get a 5% bonus damage buff. Jeez. And then uh, reduced bonus damage on hand cannons. Um, that is most of the feedback I was seeing is that this is a really fun mode, but the score needs to be uh, increased because the games just go way too fast. Um, and that hand cannons feel really hand cannons and heavy feel really oppressive in here. Uh There's too many heavy spawns and hand cannons just dominate. I have actually found a hand cannon that I like Corey. What is it, Josh? The adept warden's law, uh, back during, uh, weapon crafting madness, 2k 13, 2k 23, uh, Joe and Johnny helped me get, uh, one of those lovely lovely rolls so uh that has uh i got a couple rolls uh that i've been playing around with excited double nightfall weapons too so i got like five of them that i could choose from it's really fun nice uh the burst is what makes it fun for me yeah uh because i like crimson if anytime i have to do a hand cannon challenge it's crimson crimson comes out yeah um crimson is like the the best non hand cannon hand cannon choice for people who don't use hand cannons it's basically a tiny pulse rifle yeah which is why i I think that's why i like warden's law so much is it feels like it's kind of like a pulse and a scout rifle had a baby yeah it's kind of what it feels like to me and that this is like their little demon child yeah uh so i really enjoy it i know a lot of people like warden's law back in the day i've never been a hand cannon guy but i'm actually i have not taken it out of my inventory yet it is still sitting in my inventory uh to its credit so enjoying playing around with that one for sure uh, maybe i'll take that into checkmate this week and see how it goes do it uh the biggest part of this week's update really the only major part of this week's update the game works <laughs> the game works uh <laughs> but gunsmith focusing um so with gunsmith focusing uh they are going to update this in season 23 sorry i'm trying to talk while replying to my father about something that's fine um season 23 banshee will offer focusing options for select foundry weapons gunsmith focusing is designed to offer players a way to chase after their dream role of older foundry weapons while reducing the ever-growing size of the legendary world pool this is cool because this is something we've been asking for um the select focusing options that banshee 44 will offer are for weapons released from season 16 to season 19 which means these are at least four seasons old i.e one year these weapons will no longer be obtainable from legendary ingram world drops since they will only be available from gunsmith ingrams and focusing you guys can come take a look at the entire list here but the four foundries you're going to get are suros hake Vice and Amalon. Um, some of the more notable weapons that are going to drop from here, of course, are the Taipan, Funnel Web, uh, Crate, uh, the Amit, uh, Ragnall D, Ragnall and D. Uh, Staccato 46. Um, all of those are uh, Synoptication. All of those are going to drop from, Leg- uh, from the Gunsmith Ingrams now. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of how they're implementing this. I, and I'm going to, I'm going to be completely honest here and I'll, I'll, I'll explain this in just a second, but in season 24, we're planning to update this list with season 20 weapons for existing foundries, as well as adding a new category for field forged weapons. So field forged weapons. I don't know exactly what that means. If there has been some clarification on that, I haven't seen it, but I'm assuming field forged weapons 
I hope means previously craftable weapons. Um, but uh, here here's the part that annoys me. Gunsmith focusing will also be replacing Banshee 44's six count weapons section. So with those six count weapons, you can get old, no more obtainable craftable weapons. They can come into rotation through there. And with that, I'm, I'm a bit frustrated because they're already really limited. We have three seasonal releases that we can currently get out of the exotic rotator which are the Season of the Haunted Guns, the Season of the Seraph Guns, and, um, oh my god, what's the other release? Uh, I want to say Risen. I think Risen is the other group of weapons that you can get Nice. uh, currently. So we still have no way to get plunder. You, The only way you can get plunder weapons is if they rotate through here or through Xur. We have long said that there needs to be a major update to how you get those weapons. Yeah. And I think the exotic rotator solves part of that. The fact that those weapons can't drop from world drops after a year is pretty frustrating, especially when they're craftable. Yeah. That seems like something they should be able to do. Um, I think there's of eternity is long overdue for a big update in terms of weapon drops. Um, I don't know. Maybe you can take, a selection of these like it would not surprise me if next year they took the taken weapons from last season and put them in the shattered throne mm-hmm. um and i mean like again these are ju- those are just like stop gaps right yeah like putting them in things that they're themed for i mean maybe you could go take the uh the plunder weapons since they're all fallen themed and i don't know toss them in uh toss them in grasp of avarice or something um we still have i mean we have stuff from way back in dawn we have Dawn, we have Chosen, we have Hunt, we have uh, Undying, we have, which nobody's crying for the Undying weapons. Um, <laughs> we have Splicer weapons, we have Lost weapons. Like We have five or six seasonal releases that we could really stand to see re-released. And like those were non-craftable seasons on top of that. Yeah. And then you've still got, Plunder is like the one major craftable season there's no way to obtain the weapons in right now um this is a little frustrating to me it's a little maddening um you have so many weapons back there let's stop introducing new world pool weapons for right now and let's get ways to get those guns back in the game with new roles maybe yeah um and i don't know if maybe that's being saved for the final shape or for seasons that are going to our episodes excuse me that are going to come after but Something, something's got to change in the way that we obtain these weapons. Yeah. Because you have really great weapon. I understand that we've gotten better. And like, I know that they're hesitant to go back to basic ass primary weapons, right? Which is basically everything from splicer and before. Yeah. They're hesitant to go back to those in a world where we have stasis and strand, because as they said, they want elements on everything with how many different types of shields and modifiers there are and surges and whatnot that's great you can reintroduce some of those weapons with those though yeah and part of me wonders if maybe they're saving some of those older foundries to reintroduce for when we get a third element maybe i would like to see in the future us maybe get some elements that we don't necessarily like wield but that are just in guns yeah that would be interesting like like poison is definitely the one right like they've already kind of done that a little bit 
Yeah, I mean, Poison... Poison, I think, is a tricky one. I think Poison would have to be tied to Strand in some way. Um, just because, like, they want everything to have, like, a color and a symbol. Yeah. And I think that's the only thing that ruins my little idea here. Yeah. Is because then you... Ha- but you also have, like, Void Weapons, like La Monarch, that poison over time. Yeah. And that's, like, that's a problem. Yeah. So I do feel like poison is probably the play. Like another element or two probably has to come into play at some point. Um, but I'd even like to see. I don't know. Like we talk about fat. We we talk about, and I I feel like half the reason that we're not getting those older weapons back from pre witch queen, why we're not getting those foundries back, is because they'd have to come up with origin traits for them and then decide if they're going to be craftable or not. On top of that, yeah. And since they don't have specific foundry perks, like maybe you come up with one that's like, because I mean, the, the splicer weapons are clearly Vexed. Mm-hmm. Um, the weapons from, well, weapons from Ponder already have one. Um, you can come up with a few of these, though, that just like, oh, they reach across multiple releases because these were like all Vexed, or these were all Elixir or Cabal themed. Yeah. I don't think anybody's going to sit, well, I shouldn't say nobody because people will decry it as lazy, but I don't, I don't know if there would be a huge controversy if we took some of the perks from the haunted weapons and tossed them onto the chosen weapons mm-hmm. in a future where they're made craftable. Just be like, Oh, well that's kind of like a generic cabal perk. Like we're going to evolve perks going forward. Um, I don't know. It, it feels like something that needs to be addressed and probably won't, but I'm going to remain hopeful. Mm-hmm. Um, I already think that the weapon crafting pool is pretty large as it is. And it's, if you don't play, like if you don't gather those fat, as we've learned, if you don't get those patterns the year they're out, it's damn near impossible to get them. Otherwise you only get five or six of those crafting tablets a season out of the premium pass. Mm-hmm. That's that shit's locked behind the premium pass too. Yeah. Which does bother me, uh, because I would argue that the people who have the premium pass are probably the people who need it the least. Um, put some of them on the premium pack sh- track, sure, but I think a lot of them should be in the normal track as well. If this is a system you're truly intending to keep past Season 24. Yeah. Or Season 23, excuse me. Uh, season 24, I think, is the, is, uh, the final shape. Yeah. Um. And then there will be uh, other weapons moved out of the Whirlpool. These will not be available from Gunsmith Ingrams or Focusing, but will be occasionally available from Xur instead. Those include Contingency Plan, Legal Action, The Number, Memory Interdict, Pleiades Corrector, The Decide, The Vision, and Stochastic Variable. Um, how will these weapons rotate? This is this is absurd. <laughs> um Banshee will offer two foundries at a time. After each daily reset, one of these foundries will rotate out for another, effectively allowing each foundry to have the spotlight for two days in a row. For Season 23, the schedule will look like this. Day 1, Amalon and Suros. Day 2, Suros and Hake. Day 3, Hake and Weist. Day 4, Weist and Amalon. After the fourth day, the rotation repeats itself. This is subject to change as we add more foundries in future releases. So they do have... It does sound like they have a plan, but I think like you have to stop with these four basic more basic foundries to allow other ones to come in because i mean like i don't know what you would call them but like we we have legendary weapons from castaway now for example you know mm-hmm. there's legendary text machina weapons out there now granted like most of those are kept to the dungeon but still it it bears 
repeating that these do exist out there. These other foundries do exist. You know, maybe you can have like a house light foundry or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the Iron Legion. Call, call them the Iron Legion. You know, the Iron Legion weapons. Uh, there, there's things that you can do here. And then, of course, how much will they cost? Three gunsmith ingrams and 5,000 glimmer. What a, what a fucking crock. Yeah. What a fucking crock. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess the good news is if you somehow don't have an Amit or a, uh, Taipan craftable, here you go. Yeah. Yeah. Man. <laughs> How do I get gunsmith ingrams by ranking up gunsmith reputation? Lost sector completions. So normal gets you a 20% chance at one. Legend gets you, legend solo and platinum gives you a 40% chance. Master solo and platinum gives you 60%. And then free roam chest 20%. Yeah. I, they're they're gonna fix this yeah this <laughs> they're, is... they're, they're gonna go back to the drawing board on this one um like two weeks into the season yeah this is uh yeah yep it's not great nope not great zero it's not great my my and i mean like a lot of that is just like my blind annoyance at how difficult they're making it to get stuff that's not current yeah like just because it's not out this year doesn't mean it's not good and not worth playing with. Yeah, I'm just, it's really, I'm baffled. It's really confusing for old stuff, right? Especially, you know, I mean, it's just, I don't know, man. It's it's rough. It's um, it's crazy. It's it's not great. It's not. I mean, I just, I don't know. I don't know what you even say at this point. Yeah. Um, so on one hand, happy they're bringing focusing to Banshee. On the other hand, it's not the kind of focusing we thought we were going to get. Um, really don't understand why you can't just decrypt into older weapon sets from him. Yeah. But, uh, that probably would get too confusing as time goes on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so that that's it. That is that is our twab. Twab and that is our twab. Tiny guys. twab. It is a very very tiny twab. Um, I am not. I, I'm not expecting a whole lot from uh, the next few weeks. So we are going to go into Halloween, uh, which means we will get probably a uh, festival of the cost uh, centric one mm -hmm. next week. Um, but I, I still don't even know the dates off the top of my head for that one. Um, Festival of the Cost. Yeah, I don't. Off the top of my head, I'm trying to think of when it is, and I just have no idea. There's there's nothing on the seasonal page about it either. Yeah. Um, coming soon to yeah, your wallet coming, everywhere. Coming soon to your wallet everywhere. Uh, I, I have looked at some of the data mine stuff, and I'm just so thankful I don't care. <laughs> um, there is no bigger relief for me than seeing an event in a game that I play regularly and go and go, thank God, I don't need anything from it. Yeah. Considering I just spent like 3000 V bucks on my hero academia skins in Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I guess that kind of works as a segue into our next topic. Um, we wanted to talk tonight a little bit about uh, games as a service, like the health of games as a service <laughs> overall with uh, the news today that Epic Games is laying off approximately 900 employees. Yeah. The makers of um, Fortnite, by the way, everybody who doesn't know. The makers of fucking Fortnite. <laughs> the publishers of Fall Guys and Rocket League. Ugh. The creators of Unreal Engine. Uh, it's just, there. there's there's so much 
over there. How can I, I saw somebody describe it earlier as how can a company that has the cash cows of Fortnite, Unreal Engine Five, and the Epic Game Store possibly have to lay the sixteen percent of their workforce off? Yeah, I was just about to ask. I was just about to ask that question. Nine hundred people is about the equivalent of closing Bungie down. Yeah, for the record. Yeah. Um, one of the studios most notably hit by this is Mediatonic. Uh, Mediatonic is the studio that made Fall Guys, uh, originally published by Devolver. Um, Epic bought them out 18 months ago. Yep. Bought them 18 months ago. The game was brought to all platforms a few months later after it had been promised a year earlier to all platforms. Uh, I definitely thought that was Thunder, and that's just the asshole in the car outside rubbing his engine. Oh, neat. Um, I heard that. Oh, yeah. I thought it was my stomach rumbling, and I was like... I mean, I'm hungry, no. but I don't think it's it's the asshole with the charger. Um, <laughs> I uh, they they so they, they they go and they buy this they go and buy Mediatonic up. They bought Psionics uh, a year or two earlier, I think. I thought they, they bought that they bought them up in like 2019. Yeah, something like that. Um, they've owned them for 18 months and are effectively killing the studio. Um, we had a report from Inside Gaming earlier today saying that the studio is basically done. Fall Guys is basically done. Jason Schreier, who broke the initial news about uh, not just the Epic stuff, but also about Jim Ryan retiring yeah. <laughs> like 12 hours earlier. Yeah. Jason's, been, Jason's been real busy. He's supposed to be on paternity leave, but uh, J- Jason's been busy. Guess not. <laughs> um, well, he I, I don't think he's on paternity leave. He's writing his, uh, his third book, I believe. Uh, but... Poor Jason's over here having to having to break news uh, on his sabbatical, and uh, he came out this afternoon and clarified: No, the studio is not shut down, but they have severely gutted it. Yeah, um, a lot of people have been laid off from that it's, studio. That was one of the hardest hit areas. Yeah, I mean, it was probably it was pr- there's probably just like a, a skeleton crew left. I mean, and. I think anybody who played Fall Guys with any regularity could tell you that the game's community has been pretty dissatisfied for a long time. As early as uh, last November, there was a hashtag going around, hashtag save Fall Guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were like, oh, well, that's a little surprising. Yeah. Yeah. And it later turned out that that was pretty much because, uh, well, <laughs> there were a lot of problems. And their response to that was to vault a bunch of stuff and not actually fix it. Yeah, this uh, is, man, this is so... This feels really premeditated. Yeah. Uh, Psionics is, I won't say completely untouched, but I will say, like, their production teams seem largely untouched by this. And I think it's because Rocket League is a pretty notable eSport. Yeah. Um, but I will note that across Epic, outside of the, Psion- or outside of the Mediatonic uh, heavy hit, uh, they also sold off Bandcamp, which they bought less than two years ago. I mean, I think was it was always I think it was all, a, less than a year ago. It was always a really weird choice for them to invest in Bandcamp when they did it initially. I was like, "What the hell?" They were clearly trying to go all in on this metaverse shit, which has completely collapsed. Well, they bought Bandcamp and Harmonix, so like they were like going, they were like double dipping. Harmon- Harmonix is the one I'm very surprised got away with not being completely gutted here. I am genuinely terrified for the future yeah i would i mean i would i would think like harmonics would have been the first one because they're i mean what are the i mean what are they working on besides like music stuff for Fortnite? really uh they so harmonics still releases every single friday still releases new tracks for rock band oh yeah 
Yeah, uh, I forgot. It should be noted means, that's a so, skeleton crew. Yeah, it's a skeleton crew. Uh, they had an exclusive in the works for Stadia, which got canceled. Oh right, I forgot about that. They had an exclusive Stadia game. <laughs> I always forget Stadia existed and has had exclusives at one point. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not uh. really like thrilled here yeah this is Um, this is this is crazy like i mean i i I read some of the articles like i read the game informer article and i read mm -hmm. a little bit of epic's blog and like i mean i get that they want to invest in their engine and like have it be like the end all be all kind of engine right but like investing that much money and is it really worth investing that much money and like the kind of uh you know that Fortnite creator mode that you could use on PC and like all this other stuff to like I mean I understand like you know laying some people off but like some a company that big that ha- that like you said has that much cash flow coming in from Fortnite and uh and Unreal Engine and you know all these other things like really really yeah it's <sighs> It's pretty inexcusable, frankly. I mean, this is a company that is worth like $19 billion and you can't figure out how to take care of your employees. On top of that, like you still have openings. Like who is going to want to come work for you right now? A lot of the people who were laid off were community and marketing folks on top of that. And Tim Sweeney's fucking statement comes out and says, oh yeah, you know, we're just, we're thrilled with our community creations and, you know, the unprecedented level of community engagement that we have. Yeah. Well then why the fuck did you fire everyone who handles that? Yeah. Like they laid off the guys from psionics. They laid off a ton of them. One per, I saw one person post, she had just been promoted to like editorial manager for Fortnite. Yeah less than a month ago and got fired today jeez that is it is unfucking real it is unfucking real how this was no pun intended i would love to see and i mean also all of this is coming when you were just getting all sorts of good press last week after the unity debacle i know that's what i was thinking about when i heard this congratulations you just shot yourself not not with like a, a pistol or something you fucking took an rpg and held it to your foot yeah Man, what a what a massive disappointment, you know. Uh, disappointment, I think, is the nicest way to phrase this. What a clusterfuck! Yeah, what an absolute clusterfuck. But that's not the only one today. Yeah, Sega beat everyone to the punch this morning while we were all asleep and announced that the uh, the team at Creative Assembly, uh, which, if that name sounds familiar to you, they worked on Halo Wars back in the day. Yeah, Halo Wars one and two. Um, is effectively being gutted because uh, they are canceling their games as a service title, Hyenas, which until this morning, I genuinely had no idea existed. Yeah, I had been hearing about it from like show like shows and stuff. They and everybody was like, it's it's okay, but it's never going to survive with the, you know stuff like Fortnite being out there because that's essentially what it was. And I wonder if they saw. Yeah. I wonder if they were paying attention to something like Exo Primal because it's similar. It's funny because, like, I think Exoprimal has its little niche also. Yeah. Because Exoprimal is a paid release. Yeah. It should be noted. But they also Exoprimal, got, they also got a, you know, money from Microsoft for Game Pass, though. Too. They got money from Microsoft for Game Pass. They are, it's Capcom. So I think Capcom's willing to take a little bit more chances in that arena. Yeah. Because they've got IP crossover they can do. With Sega, no offense to Sega, 
when you make a game like Hyenas, which I imagine was intended to be a shooter of some mm-hmm. kind, yeah, it name, is co-op. What are you gonna do? Give Sonic an AK forty-seven? Mm-hmm. You, you're gonna bring you're gonna bring the Super Monkey Ball guys in as grenades? Like, what are you what are you gonna do for like a potential crossover? Like, nobody nobody is gonna pay for Chrome well, Hounds. <laughs> Fu- yeah, fucking Joker riding a Chrome Hound over here mm-hmm. from you know a Persona mashup. Like, it just doesn't make sense yeah and i feel like to be a game as a service now you have to either come from like a massive company that's going to just pour money in until it's a success or you have to have some sort of massive crossover like fortnite really came along at the exact right time let's be honest yeah apex legends came along at the right time it was respawn everyone knew you were going to get quality no matter what because of the titanfall games and rip titanfall titanfall died for this yeah you know but apex has stuck around clearly even if it is declining in its player base it is still stuck around all this time they did just update titanfall 2 and added two new game modes to the multiplayer <laughs> like they two did weeks ago. It's, well it's because everybody keeps buying it on like the three dollar sales that microsoft and steam keep having for it yeah also, the DDoSers finally left it alone after all these years. Yeah, for like for like three years, that game's been getting DDoSed every single day. That's not even a joke. Yeah. So, what a great game, I, Titanfall Two, though. Everybody should go I, play Titanfall Two. One of the best first player shooter campaigns ever. Yeah. I look at, I just kind of look at this, and then you know, on top of that, you have we we talked earlier about the Jim Jim Ryan leaving Sony. One of Jim Ryan's final things he's done with his legacy is this massive investment into games as a service over there. And I don't like the way the industry journalists and that like observers, like fans are using to describe Sony's approach here because games as a service, I think is disingenuous. They're investing heavily into multiplayer. Some of these will be service-based games. Yes. Mm-hmm. But to imply that every game is going to have a constant content cycle or like a seasonal pass model, like destiny mm-hmm. is really disingenuous and completely unsustainable for any company. Yeah. Um, some of the, and they've, they've talked, some will be free to play. Some of these, like when they talk about live service initiatives, like some of those are just simply multiplayer modes. Right. Yeah. Um, but like among the things he's greenlit are a standalone last of us multiplayer game, uh, the Concord game from that new studio that they bought. Uh, I think, what is it, Firewall? They're making another Firewall or something? Yeah, for uh, <laughs> for um, PSVR, Fire Firewall Jeez. something. It's right. like a pseudo-sequel to... They're supposed to be making a Horizon Zero Dawn multiplayer game. Yeah, They're which making... I think that will appeal to like the Monster Hunter crowd, though, because it's like a co-op Maybe. thing. Maybe. Yeah. It depends on how it's executed. Like, you... The thing is, like, you can't just put out a game. And Blessing said this really good on the kind of funny recap when they did the uh, when they did the PlayStation Showcase earlier this year, and yeah. it was so underwhelmingly received. It was like you can't just throw all these ideas at the wall and hope that something sticks, which is basically the strategy that they're going with here. Yeah, I mean, like, his strat. I think his strategy though was like, okay, we bought Bungie, so we we have at least one kind of ace in the hole, right? But like, if you're gonna make seven or eight game as a service you really like as a company from a business standpoint you only need one to succeed right so like maybe like you said they're throwing all these games out there to see which one sticks and i feel bad for the studios that those games do not stick yeah it's uh it's a it's it's a and it's a major problem i think it's gonna be i think it's gonna be fair games that sticks around with a dollar sign 
God, Fair Games looks like a fucking disaster. That's the Jade Raymond game <laughs> yeah, I that uh, Haven is making. Yeah. I was so excited, and then I saw that and went, nope. Yeah, that they're saving and... grace, though. Is they're, like, they're doing technological stuff behind the scenes, too, though. Yeah, I I just, I look at what they're planning for the next, like, I mean, like, the next three years is basically set, at least. Mm-hmm. We always talk about how, like, AAA games have, need four to five years now to fully be realized, at least. Mm-hmm. Most of them are falling into that like late four, late year four, early year five category at this point, unless you just have a superhuman team like Insomniac. Yeah. Um, Which is putting Insomniac, out a game every year. <laughs> just about. Uh, I think they skipped last year. Well, I'm, yeah. 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 Was it last they year? Skipped the, yep. They sk- it's been, uh, it'll have been two and a half years since they released a game when Spider Man comes out. Yeah, I guess. The last game they put out was Ratchet and Clank, which was um, seven months after the launch yeah. of PS5. But they put out Miles Morales at that launch, and then they turned around and put Ratchet and Clank out. And then they announced Spider-Man 2 and Wolverine like two months after the launch of Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, I'm really like, excited. Insomniac is like superhuman and cannot be the standard that we measure everything else to in terms of output. Like They are, they are superhuman. Obsidian is pretty superhuman at this point too. I would say mm-hmm. now most of the, a lot of their projects are smaller scale, but still they've released a game almost every year mm-hmm. for the last couple of years. Yeah, um, those kinds of studios are an anomaly. When you annualize games, that's when you get things that don't have innovation, like EA Sports titles, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. So when we talk about like live service concerns and like how the one of our questions tonight, and I actually want to answer this question right now. Tiger Jesus writes in and says, how does Jim Ryan leaving PlayStation affect Destiny and Bungie? I don't think it, um, I don't think it will, to be honest. And let, the only way it would affect them, I, th- I think, like, because of the deal Bungie made, right? Like, I think the worst case scenario is Bungie goes back to be independent. But um, I yeah, I, I don't think in the short term, I think Bungie is fine. Yeah. I think Bungie is probably fine for the next two to three years. Yeah. But it's really going to depend on this new CEO. And the, the follow-up question is, what's your best worst-case scenario with the new CEO of PlayStation? Um, in the immediate short term, so the next 18 to 24 months, Bungie is probably totally fine. Mm-hmm. Nothing is going to change. Yeah. At worst, maybe the new CEO comes in and says, hey, we're going to push Marathon a little bit. Yeah. We really need Marathon to be a huge hit for us. It's going to be on, it's on all platforms. Maybe they try to finagle it to where it can work on Switch 2. Like, they are going to do something. Yeah, I and... I also think on that point, to if they, if the new, the new CEO, whoever comes in and looks at their roadmap and, like, Fair Games and Concord and stuff like that is almost, are almost done, maybe they'll, like you said, maybe they'll push Marathon, not because the game is bad, but because they want to see if these other ones are any good, you know, to keep them going. Yeah, I, I think if anybody in like if there is a live service games purge, yeah, or massive shutdown, I think Bungie is probably the safest company. Oh yeah, they're the safest too. Bungie was also really smart to get themselves independent from Sony Worldwide Studios. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They are their own entity, which means they will still report to whoever the new head of PlayStation is. Uh huh. But they do not fall underneath like that Herman Holst led group. Yeah um that's probably their saving grace right now mm-hmm. they'll be allowed a little bit more leeway and i think with the investment they made into bungie they're going to say okay you guys have a little bit of a longer leash you're advising us on some of our other live service games that that part of it probably comes to an end yeah 
because they're gonna be like we can't get a single one of these games out the door like they delayed the last of us multiplayer based on or factions whatever the fuck it's going to be called on bungie's recommendation yeah so at a certain point you have to say okay we got to take a step back we got to figure out our new priorities new ceo is going to come with a new business plan jim ryan's business plan is probably being followed through at until at least end of fiscal year 2024 Mm mm-hmm um, I would say the new CEO, it takes a while for a new leader to start stamping their mark on it. We talk about this all the time when there's acquisitions, right? Like Bungie largely has kept to the same plan that they had for the last, you know, they, they got acquired. The The announcement was made in, uh, in January. It, the purchase was completed in July of last year. We're probably still on the path that Bungie had for themselves pre-Sony bio, minus like the Sony armor collaborations. Yeah. Right, like I can't imagine. Maybe, maybe episodes is Sony stepping in and being like, "Hey, let's get a little bit more like consistent revenue going here." Yeah. Um, you know, or maybe that's just Bungie genuinely hearing us, like, "Hey, we want something with a little bit more substance." Um, either or. Um, outside of that, I mean, like the marathon reveal—that's that's a hundred percent a Sony thing. Hmm. That feels to me like something they were not ready to do. Uh, we talked about that at length here. Uh, it really feels like that one got rushed, and maybe even like the reveal of Cade coming back for the final shape was really rushed. Um, but then by them saying, "Hey, we really don't have anything to talk about for this year." Yeah. But outside of Spider Man Two, let's, mm-hmm. let's sort of, not even Helldivers is, and at the time they probably didn't know it. Helldivers isn't even going to make it out this year. It's being sent out to die in February. Yeah. Um. I think you look at where they are for next year though. And I think that that's probably where the point of concern comes in. Mm-hmm. Maybe for Bungie is towards the end of next year, new CEO could go one of two ways. Best case scenario. They tell him, Hey, keep, keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. You're, you are the studio in our service in our, in our live service, our multiplayer initiatives that is doing things right. You're telling compelling stories. You've got great gameplay. People love destiny still, even if, you know, player players are going to fall off after the final shape. There's going to be a sharp drop off, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. So there, there will probably be pressure on them to put out a Destiny three or to get Marathon out the door next fall. Yeah. Um, rushing either of those things will be a disaster. Mm-hmm. That is the worst case scenario: is that they are forced to put those out, a la Activision. Mm-hmm. Think Activision rushing Destiny two out the door. Oh yeah. Any re- pre- or pre- forcing them to make a really lackluster expansion uh, story-wise. Not that it was overall lackluster, but Rise of Iron does not match up with like our premium DLCs that we've paid for. Yeah. In my opinion. like It had, like what, five story missions maybe? Four. Four? And a, and a four. And a story that has never been brought back up. Yeah. Well, it had four missions, but it, they also included like strikes and stuff in there, which is you know typical but which is which is fine yeah it, it, it's just it feels like it was like it was a step between a normal expansion and like house of wolves yeah it was it was a band-aid for which sure it, it's fine we we all knew it was it was no secret that activision really wanted destiny 2 out that fall bungie kind of fought for it and said no here's a band-aid yeah that and the april update kind of kept destiny one on triage mm-hmm. um that is the worst case scenario for me is that the new head comes in and says i want a destiny 3 right now yeah that would be uh you can't you can't do that without bringing everything else over now most of us would be very excited for a destiny 3 i want to be totally clear yeah 
we'd be very okay if they came out and announced Destiny 3 coming spring 2025. We would be over the moon, ecstatic. Oh my gosh. Like, just, I mean, yeah. Yeah, man. I would be... I think it would get everybody excited because we've just been playing Destiny 2 for so long in general. And, like... Like, it would let us drop last gen. Build, like, even if they build it, like update the engine or like transfer it to a new one or you know or you know stuff like that just because there's so many little hiccups with this and like a new like everybody is happy for marathon because they have they said they had dedicated servers and like people want have been wanting dedicated servers for destiny for such a long time so yeah i think that and like the the whole active servers debate is something that obviously largely has to be discussed in context, I think, with a game like Destiny. But the other thing that I think we have to take into consideration is if you announce a Destiny 3, but you don't have a way to bring all the content we've already paid for, not just not just like guns and stuff in our vaults, yeah. you need to bring the content we've paid for forward. Mm-hmm. Then that's a problem. Yeah. that That's a huge problem. Like the next Destiny release needs to be the final one. It needs to be the place where all these stories live on. You can download, et cetera, et cetera. Go listen to any one of the, like the past 150 episodes. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not here to exhaust anybody. But that the best case scenario is that they're allowed to do something like that. The worst case is I want a Destiny three, and then two years later I want Destiny four. Yeah, that is the worst case scenario. You will run them into the ground. Bungie, I think Bungie would seek a buyout before then. Yeah, um, I think they they would they would pull what they did with post halo 3 and microsoft Mm -hmm. and they would get out yeah as quickly as possible yeah um which would be an absolute collapse and i can't see them ever going back to anyone else after that Mm -mm. they they would stay independent forever which unfortunately will probably mean bungie would eventually peter out yeah um i simply don't think they'll have i don't think they would have the infrastructure to support both the destiny franchise and marathon and they don't they clearly don't want to lock themselves just to Mar- or just a bungee or blah, 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 just a destiny or just a marathon yeah marathon's a pretty big risk for them like they i don't know if it would have been greenlit without them getting purchased i'm gonna be honest yeah i think it would have still been in the prototype phase but i don't know if it gets fully released without financial backing yeah i, wa- I even wonder if they would release it in some sort of like real beta or early access type thing I I genuinely wonder if this is going to be a game that sits around in early access for like two years. Yeah, that that's just my personal take, and that, that's neither that's neither here nor there right now. Yeah. Um. So to answer your question, Tiger Jesus, yeah, best case scenario, uh, Jim Ryan leaving has no impact. Mm-hmm. Um, it has no immediate impact. It, I mean, it could be more. He's the one who decided to bring him in. I mean, new CEO may just decide. Okay, I don't like where this trend is going because games as a service overall is a really bad trend in this industry. Yeah, it's like uh, also Avengers? like yeah, yeah. It got to <laughs> what gets delisted what t- Saturday, the thirtieth, right? Uh, yes, it gets delisted on the thirtieth. It's it's four dollars on a uh, Xbox right now. If you guys want four dollars on every platform, Andy Cortez <laughs> tweeted out a list of games as a service title. Live games that depend on large player bases to survive are being sent out to die. Among the ones that have closed down recently, and by recently I mean the last couple years, Vampire Blood Hunt, The Cycle Frontier, Gundam Evolution, Rogue Company, Friday the 13th, Knockout City, Rumbleverse, Crossfire X, Spellbreak. Hyenas never even made it out the door. Yeah. Avengers can be added to this list. 
Uh, I'm sure there's been other ones that we're just not remembering. Yeah. I mean, even you even look at something like the division. I mean, it's still going, but it's like, man, that game was like, and they're making a division three. And it's fine. Well, the division is a cash cow. It's a cash cow for Ubisoft. People like us go out and buy it for the story. And they're like, hey, look, 15 million people bought this. Clearly people want to play it. They aren't looking at retention, but they did do like two major expansions for the division two. Yeah. And it's also uh, like you look at Ghost Recon, the, the what was it? Breakpoint. We all thought yeah. it like the reviews were not great. Like a lot of the stuff was not great. And it sold 30 million units. It's it's selling based off the IP name alone. Yeah. And I mean, like uh, with the division, I will say at least at the division, you can play solo. Mm-hmm. And- you have to be connected to the Internet, which is some bullshit, but you can at least play that game solo. You don't have to play with others. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they they corrected a lot of the mistakes with division two than they did division one. But I mean, like. Uh, what what if a game like Sea of Thieves released under the hypothetically underneath the PlayStation Studios banner? Would it and it released in the state it was uh-huh. when it released in 2018? Yeah. Do we think it would have been given the time that Microsoft gave? I I doubt it. I mean, maybe I maybe like a year. To I severe. I don't even think it would get that far. I'm going to be honest. The reason that game survived and got the chance isn't just because it's Microsoft and Microsoft has done multiplayer pretty well for the better part of 20 years. Yeah. It's because they had nothing else. Yeah that this had to work. That was a massive investment by rare. Yeah. They were pretty much told, get it working no matter what. And I mean, by the anniversary update, by the one year update, it was, it was pretty functional. I mean, now it's one of their most wildly successful games on game. Pass. Yeah. And so, steam. I think you have to look at when you look at a live service initiative, if it's not coming from, I have more faith in PlayStation doing them right. Frankly, you know, PlayStation has a history of horrible multiplayer decisions. Yeah. I have more faith in them because I know the I, I know the pedigree of PlayStation's first party suite. Yeah. I have more faith in them getting it right or at least being given a chance to correct their mistakes. Because I don't think that like Naughty Dog we know is not just working on factions. No. That is in addition to Last of Us Three or whatever new IP there was. I mean, it it's gotta be Last of Us Three now, right? With the success of the show and if they want to continue to do know. it past three seasons, because they already confirmed part two is being split into two. I mean, I just I, I guess I'm just like kind of talking hypothetically. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we look at a few things. We look at uh we look at what um oh my gorilla. We look at what Gorilla's doing. Gorilla's gonna continue doing Horizon, but they're gonna do this multiplayer horizon game also. Yeah. We look at you know what uh sucker punch is doing ghost of tsushima and you know they did ghost of tsushima but they did a multiplayer mode mm-hmm. legends is actually really fun it's just nobody knew it was there yeah well it, it didn't come out for like six months right and it came out as like a free update and like great update and i think great update. i think that would be sony's strong suit right and outside of mm-hmm. outside of destiny honestly is like you make that single player game everybody loves and then you give people an update to keep them engaged. Like I actually think that horizon multiplayer mode would be a great update to horizon three just to, you know, cause you'll get your money's worth out of the campaign. Right. And then if you like it and this update shows up, you're like, Oh, okay, I'll try it out. And then, you know, you have a couple friends, like it, it'd be the ghost of Tsushima route. Same with last of us. For me, my biggest, I think my biggest thing is if you're going to put out a game as a service, First off, it's really hard to put it out if it has any sort of exclusivity. Yeah, it's got to like, exist on every platform. It's got to exist at least on PC mm-hmm. to give you a fighting chance. Yeah. And 
the sooner Sony learns that, the better off they're going to be. Yeah, I wonder what this... And I think that's why it's a good idea for these to be standalones. Is because, oh, it's just a free download. We're not we're not losing anything. Nobody's going to go buy a PS5 because they heard about a free Horizon multiplayer mode. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and I, uh, I also wonder... I know their PC strategy is like a year to, you know, 24 months after it comes out on PlayStation, right? But I wonder if for certain games they'll reconsider... Um, I, it, it'll largely be up to the new CEO. Cause it yeah. seems like Jim Ryan was pretty entrenched, entrenched in the state. Yeah. That's what I'm uh, saying. We're not doing this. It really feels like it's going to have to be the new CEO's decision. Yeah. Um, but I think that's where, I think that's where they're being smart though. You, you have studios that are making multiplayer modes and multiplayer games in addition to the single player output. Uh-huh. And it may take a little bit longer for those single player games to get here and, I really think like, okay, well, if some of these come out and they flop, like it's not the end of the world. That's something like Concord, which is coming from uh, the, their new studio they acquired. And I'm Fire Sprite? Fire Sprite? Is that what it is? I, I thought it was Fire Sprite and I didn't want to misspeak. I mean, I'm not. It's so I similar so. to Firewalk. Yeah. Um, or Firewall, whatever the fuck that game is called. <laughs> we don't We don't want to see good studios get sent out to die like PSVR 2. Yeah. So. Oh, man. PSVR 2, man. I guess like the stop talking in circles, like games as a service is a trend that I think we figured out a long time ago. It's just not going to work for the vast majority of games. But the problem is games take so long to produce and they're so expensive. Like Suicide Squad is going to be a game as a service. That's a live service game mm-hmm. that is getting sent to die. Yeah, that's uh, that's rough. That's... It is getting sent to die. It is coming out two weeks before the final shape. That is the ultimate we are sending this out to die. Yeah. And that's after it was delayed by almost a full year. Yeah. I wonder this how much it'll sell based off IP alone, though. Based off IP alone, Warner Brothers will probably declare it a success. But yeah. I don't know a single person. I have not seen a single person online or that I've talked to personally who has said, yeah, I'll I'll even pick this up when it goes on sale. Everyone is dunking on this game. Yeah. We wanted, yeah, we want a Justice League game. We don't want the Suicide Squad. Yeah. And it really bums me out. This is Kevin Conroy's final appearance as Batman. That alone is going to get people to buy it, I think. Mm -hmm. But you look at the games as a service trend and really like, or even like, I I hate the term games as a service. Live service games. And outside of the MMOs, so World of Warcraft, ESO, Fantasy Star, those still bring in players and money. Mm -hmm. You have your freemium games, right? Which Fortnite, Apex, Genshin Impact, Mm -hmm. Warzone, uh, PUBG, I guess you you can those kind of those five all together. Mm-hmm. Your only true like game as a service, which is a game that gets you know an expansion and has seasons and things like that, that you pay for is Des- Destiny is free to play. No, it's free to start. Mm-hmm. It's free to start. You basically get like a two day trial. Yeah, and the trial is so shitty. Who would want to keep playing? Yeah. So you have Destiny two. You can, I guess, the, the division is begging for us to include it here. <laughs> um a game like sea of thieves could probably be included here you know with constant updates there's been a couple free expansions that's the biggest success of that game is two licensed expansions for free yeah which is crazy Uh, man they make so much money off of their microtransactions that doesn't matter yeah so you have success stories like that but for every success story there's 10 to 15 games like avengers that don't survive mm-hmm. or there's games like hyenas that get canceled before we even see like pre-alpha footage yeah i mean 
Ubisoft canceled like two or three of them within the last two years. Oh my god, dude! I can't even keep track of which one. Uh, that's why I'm shocked. X Defiant is still slated to come out. Yeah, I I saw that. And I was like, oh, that game is DOA. Yeah, they they canceled that uh, Ghost Recon Frontlines and an yep. untitled one, which whatever, probably whatever. another con- Tom Clancy something. Ay ay ay. Okay, <laughs> let's uh, let's move on. We got we had we had two questions that we got during the summer that we saved until now yeah and that was requests for us to build our own seasonal event and build our own exotic so yeah let's go let's go with our seasonal event first Corey. okay i came prepared josh unlike you normal prepared. i did all right so seasonal event okay so i i have this it's a three it's a three kind of uh stage event Okay, and so in each stage, you have to um, work with your team to use different elements to break these like, you know, to break these. uh, What do you call them? Like blast doors or shields or whatever. And you make your way through like this. We'll call it a light maze area, Josh. Okay. Okay. And to get through the maze, you have to match the element of your weapon or your super or your abilities or whatever with a shield uh, to get to the the next area. Okay, Josh. And then um, what you have to do is some light puzzle solving in the next area while some ads are chasing you. And uh, by the way, this is all like this is a Vex themed Oh, it's Vex themed. Okay. Yeah, Vex- okay. So you're imagining something similar to Expunge. It that that style, yeah. But it, okay. you know, in the uh, the Vex network, um, just because I like the aesthetic of that, no other reason. Yes. Um, I just want more things in that in that space. Um, you have to uh, solve a, a puzzle, kind of like a almost like the binary puzzle from uh, Wrath of the Machine, but definitely not as difficult to figure out um and then you go into this boss room and we'll call them a mini boss of some sort and you fight them all the way down to like a third of their health and then they disappear and you got to continue through the maze uh and then you get to the uh, second part the second part is essentially similar to the first part the second puzzle is a little bit different maybe an orb puzzle josh or something like that oh god asking asking randos to do something with orbs yeah i know i know uh and then you move to the the second mini boss room and you fight a second mini boss. And the, then you do this a third time. You break, you continue through a maze. And, uh, you know, this, the third part, the maze can change uh, as you're moving through it. So, like, you could be running and, you know, you can go through this door. Uh, and then the next door may, like, close on you and you have to find another way around. Uh, and then you solve a third puzzle to enter like this big chamber. And then you have to fight the two mini bosses that you already fought with like a major boss, but you have to like shield, you have to um, like hurt the mini bosses until um, they become shielded uh, in like the white glow, but they're, they're kind of stuck. You have to fight them until they get stuck, and then you have to fight the the main boss, and then there's like three stages of that, where like you shoot the boss, and then a third of the health, the mini bosses come back, and um, so yeah, that's it. Okay, well, we have Corey's mine is not quite as in detail. Oh well, um, you know, 
I had to come prepared. And this this question has been around for a month and a half at this point. <laughs> I would love to see an event that takes place uh, in the last city, mm. specifically in the walls of the last city. Ooh. Um, I think there there's potential there. Kind of give me like a scourge of the past uh, feel. Like you start out in a corner of the city or you know a, a section of the city, and then you have to venture inside the wall. Um, I would like for there to be different challenges. Like you, uh, I can't believe I'm going to say this diffusing minds. Ooh. Um, I think diffusing minds inside there and like the fact that like maybe you have a storyline going with it, like, Oh, if you don't diffuse the minds, it's going to blow a hole in the wall and the witnesses forces are going to come flying in or something like that. Um, I think there's some really cool things that could happen there. And like you, you fight your way through and then there's like some sort of portal at the end and you jump through the portal and that's the boss arena. Mm-hmm. That it's it's like the witnesses forces they're trying to breach and like this it, in this hypothetical scenario this would be something that takes place like with the final shape like you have forces trying to come in and like you fight the boss in the pale heart of the traveler Ooh. and then you're beamed back out like it just beams you into the tower at the end would be really cool I think it'd be cool if you collect power ups like the way that we've seen the roguelike system used in both deep and now with the the deck of many things has kind of revolutionized how I think about seasonal activities as a whole. I think bringing the modifiers from deep in would be really cool. Like you can get like plus 200% void damage or something would be really cool. Uh, But like you can change it up every run. I think the cards are fun, but having to wait as long as I've had to to get some of them is a real bummer. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we're six weeks in and I'm still missing like two major cards which is really aggravating that that stuff is time-gated. I'm not going to play this stuff after the season is over, let's be honest. <laughs> um, so I, I think things like that would be really cool. Um, and I like to see, as part of it, like maybe if you do it on Master Mode, you have a puzzle that you can solve in there once a week. You can solve a different puzzle, like there's three different puzzles, and you assemble an exotic gun throughout those three puzzles. Ooh, that's fun. Like you do the puzzle, you kill the boss, you get a piece. And that constructs your gun at the end. Ooh. I think that could be really cool. Nice. Which, to wit, are choices for build your own exotic. I had one, I had one ready, Corey. Mm. And then I must confess. Crafting Madness made me go back to the table with this. Ooh. Specifically, the demon love child that Joasis made. Oh god. That fired off both incandescent and uh, Volt Shot at the same time. Oh, God. I think it would be really, really cool if you had an exotic LMG where you shot two elements off, but it was such a rapid fire that you had both perks up constantly. So you were both, say, you you have both perk columns, but all five elements are in there. And you can choose what you want. Ooh. So you can, you if you have strand on, for example, you can start tangling them with strand. Ooh. But if you have, um, like volt shot, you're electrifying them at the same time. Like so, that first column, you would need volt shot or incandescent. Your second column would be your strand, your stasis, or your void, because that's your slowing mechanic. Right. So you're slowing them but you're also lighting them on fire or electrifying them at the same time. And I'd like to propose one other thing. You 
change your elements, I actually think it would be funny if it was randomized. Ooh. If when you when you reload, you keep the elements you have, but if you double tap your reload button, it doesn't reload the gun, it randomizes your elements for you. Ooh. Mine's uh I think that could be really funny and really wacky at the same time. The reason I'm putting it on on an LMG is this thing would absolutely break the crucible. You could never ever use it in there. This would have to be banned in the crucible. <laughs> Um, or like 100%, it'd have to be locked, like functionality disabled, etc. Um, this is absolutely something that is meant for PVE and PVE only. Mm. In my uh, my hypothetical scenario here, I I'm even going to throw people a bone here, Corey. Ooh, throw people a bone because I want to keep it an even three elements in each column, and we don't have a sixth element just yet. Yeah, this is operating underneath the assumption that we are not getting a sixth subclass anytime soon. What if you could use SIVA particles in that first row? Yeah, SIVA particles. So you have things constantly swarming too. Ooh. I think that would be really. I think that could be really funny. That would be, so, that'd be awesome. The idea of someone getting frozen while SIVA particles are swarming around them is really funny. Yeah, yeah, I love. And they're SIVA. dealing continuous damage while you're doing that. So nice. I like that. That's the idea I came up with. The demon love child. Mm, mm. That's what we're calling it. The demon love child. Ooh. Well, Josh, funny you're talking about elements because mine actually revolves around elements too. Ooh. Mine is called because we have to honor Lance Reddick. It's called the Commander's Will. Ooh. It is okay. it is a elemental double barreled shotgun that shoots slugs. But one barrel always has the uh has the element that you are that you have equipped. So if you have void equipped, the first barrel is void. And the second one is always like the opposite set of, of power. So like stasis or strand, if you're, you mm-hmm. know, if, if you're equipping a light power, that second barrel has darkness powers. And uh, this kind of ties into my, to the uh, event that I described a little bit. I was trying to make a weapon that kind of resembled that. And uh, you, have to kind of go through the event like kind of like you said using part like finding parts or whatever Mm -hmm. um but really that the event is to like unlock the catalyst uh which uh what i kind of came up with was like the gun the the shotgun gets a little bit more powerful uh kind of like uh um so uh what what's the assault rifle that came with lightfall uh silver God, what's it called? Silver Storm or whatever. Uh, and like you get, it gets a little bit more powerful, but the, the catalyst that you're working for, um, as you keep reloading, you can reload up to three times. Um, if you get to that final uh, reload and your super is full, you get an overshield. So it's kind of like a gun for people who like to be tanks. So... So it's Titans the gun. Yeah, pretty much. The commander's will. Yeah. I still maintain we're getting a gun named after Lance. Oh, I, I bet we do. Shape. I think we will. I'm telling you, Reddix Lance. That's what we need. Yep. Reddix Lance. Let's go. Man, wouldn't that be cool if like they added a guardian named Reddick? I mean, I know he plays Zavala, but like just in the lore, and that was the story behind that that Lance. 
That would be really cool. Yeah. I, I would love for, and I mean, like, this will pr- never happen because it would be too cool. When you finish the Final Shape campaign, you get uh, a weapon they found from the old Earth times. Yeah. From the before the uh, before the collapse, and it's uh, it's a glaive, and it's called. It was like wielded by uh, like it was picked. Up, it was wielded by one of the witnesses' uh, minions or something, and uh, ordinary humans fought back, and uh, one of them who wielded it, it dubbed it Reddick's Lance. Yeah, and that's uh, that's the weapon that like you're given at the end mm-hmm. as like the savior of Earth. Yeah. God, just I write really bad fan fiction, but uh, something something like that would be really cool. I mean, like, fine, or like it's a quest. It's like the epilogue quest that you're given. Yeah, that'd be so cool. You go man. back to the Cosmodrome and find it. Yeah, super cool, like, man. Maybe you like find out about like the past for your guardian, and it's like, oh, you you fought alongside them or something in the before times, mm-hmm. like protecting the evacuees. Yeah, would be really cool. Nice. All right, Corey, we have a couple questions tonight. A couple questions. We We don't have too many questions. We have a couple. This is the least amount of questions we've had in a couple of years, I think. Where where have you guys where were you guys this week, huh? Huh? Oh man, listen, we we had a couple big topics. I'm actually kind of happy for the uh the lesser amount of questions. Yeah. Titan writes in and asks, uh, last week you mentioned how Red Death will have to be completely reworked, but since it's being teased as a solar auto rifle, do you think they'll involve the restoration verb to have it be different than Crimson, but still faithful to D1 Red Death, or would that break the game too hard? It all would depend on how the timer works for restoration. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because that has the potential to be instantly broken in so many builds. Mm-hmm. Um, that I just, a, AKA solar warlock standing in a, uh, not in a well in a, in a rift. Mm-hmm. It's just potential to be really, really broken. Um, I would imagine they've thought through every possible scenario though, to bring this gun back. Yeah. I, w- I mean, I wonder if it'll be different, just overall different. I, I hope it is a rework, but I mean, a solar auto rifle isn't the worst. It's not, it's not bad. It's just. If restoration is invoked, I think you have to use that very sparingly. They've already... I don't think they like that every endgame build has to be built into 100% restoration already. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe if it tied into, like, recovery a little bit. But I don't know. Um, I, I think this, this gun is probably going to break the game when it comes out, no matter what. Oh, if sure. it involves any, any kind of healing factor. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, and then Jiggly Panda writes in. Jiggly Panda. Three, three questions. Ooh. First question. If you could see Destiny collab with a sport, what would it be? Um, cricket. <laughs> cricket. Uh, I want a cricket. I want a cricket bat as a heavy weapon. Cricket bat. Jeez. Um, a sport. Oh, man. I don't, man, I don't know, man. I mean, football would be the easiest one in terms of like, armor style stuff but um but i water polo water polo uh volleyball um i want to see my guardian's legs man <laughs> i don't want to see my guardian's legs i'm an exo i don't want to see those things oh man they probably look like uh darth mauls from the from the clone wars or whatever just the claw legs <laughs> Uh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Um, <laughs> Jingle Piano also asks, what exotic weapons do you think will return in the 10th anniversary? No Land Beyond? Question mark. I No Land Beyond probably has to be one. It's such a huge meme. Yeah. That I think No Land Beyond probably, since it didn't come back with Crota, it's going to have to come back there. Yeah. Um, I also see people kind of, still like beg for Icebreaker. I'm like, dude, that's not coming. Icebreaker's back. never coming back. It's uh, let it go. The dream is over. The dream is dead. Yeah. It it broke the game last time. They're not going to bring it back. It's over. It's done. Yeah. Let it go. Get out of here. I really think No Land Beyond is like one of the final weapons they can bring back from D1. Yeah. We are starting to really run out of weapons. Yeah, I was going to say like what like really important exotics could they like potentially bring back that aren't already over not even important but just like iconic ones yeah like galley worked because it was galley yeah that and to be completely clear if they hadn't brought that back for the 30th anniversary that would be the answer yeah gallerhorn would be the answer yeah uh but with them already announcing three exotics returning for just base final shape. I really can't. Again, cost off would be one that I would think, but that's coming back yeah, in the base game. It's already, yeah, it's already coming back. Dragon's Breath isn't getting anybody excited. Nope. So I really don't think we have too many exotics left that can really. I mean, maybe. Um, oh God, what was the Warlock Void Scout? Uh, oh, I always yeah. forget the name of this, but I always wanted it, and I never fucking got it the the exclusive like the yeah class exclusive the one you could only use on the on warlock yeah, yeah. i've i forget what it was called it was cool i, I always that, wanted one too could potentially be one i think that was the only reason um, why i played it like started a warlock was to try to get that weapon because titans remember we're stuck with fabian strategy uh that's fine hunters got ace of spades which was the coolest looking one and then everybody fucking got it and forsaken so i don't want to hear it from any of you <laughs> Our gun got given to everyone. We got hoed again. We lost our Vanguard and our exclusive weapon in one fell swoop. Well, look, thank so. thank, thank uh, you. No, fuck y'all. Y'all y'all should have had to pick up Fabian strategy. Fuck y'all. No. God, I'm so glad that gun is gone. Gun sucked. Um That thing sucks so bad, man. <laughs> I don't even God, it's got it's gotta be like no land beyond, maybe that maybe that void scout. <sighs> Drake's promise, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But if I if you bring that back, I would propose bringing it back. I think that was that was a hand cannon. I would mm-hmm. I would propose bringing it back as a sidearm. Yeah, I think it would be really cool to have like a really heavy hitting sidearm. Yeah, uh, and calling it Dreg's Promise. <laughs> um, maybe Young Wolf's Howl just for the sentimental value. Yeah, that's the sword, that's, right? That's the yeah, that's the sword you get at the yeah. end of Rise of Iron from Salad. Yeah, like. I don't know. Maybe like it gives. Maybe it lets everybody do what Crown Splitter does. Yeah, but it's like the only sword that lets you do it, hence why it's an exotic. Um, that would. That, I I'm out of ideas outside of that, frankly. Yeah, I would like really have to study a list to see what hasn't come over. Our third and fi- or hasn't been just like introduced to the game in some other exotic at this point. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, there would have been a time, like, four years ago, it was at Zalo Supercell, and we've gotten, like, three of those since. Yeah. Uh, third question. If you had to relive any three moments from the nine years of Destiny, what would it be? Such as day one raids, DLC launches, etc. Um, I mean, we're already kind of reliving it, uh, but the yeah. first time I ever did King's Fall 
was i mean that whole summer we were like that was that's my favorite story from destiny one my personal story but um man i don't know man the taken king was really good i i don't know what, what what's yours josh why well, sit um, a little bit so I've got the very first time that I mine starts before the game even comes out. Seeing the first gameplay reveal, oh yeah, man, that was so good. Um, I, my jaw was on the ground. I was screaming. I was so excited when I realized what I was watching. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, yeah, I'm gonna play this game so much. I never would have imagined it would take ten years of my life, but here we are. Um, here we are. The second for me is the original Outbreak Prime puzzle. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Um, that was unlike anything I'd ever experienced in a game. The whole community, real. That's how like a lot of us like really came together. Yeah. Um, I mean, Facebook groups, Twitter threads, people trying to solve things in Google Docs. Uh, yeah. That and uh, Sleeper Simulant. That's what I meant. I actually meant Sleeper Stimulant because um, I never got Outbreak Prime in D one. Uh, but I watched. I I wasn't playing Destiny anymore at the time. But I watched Outbreak Prime from afar. My third one. It's got to be a Destiny Two moment. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with my day one completion of Ron, um, because that I mean that that's the only day one to my to my top, to my name. Uh, it's a big de- it's a big deal to me, regardless if it's the easiest one to do or not. It's still a pretty big accomplishment in my book. I would say either that or going to the lighthouse for the first time. Uh, both of those are pretty pretty high on my. In fact, I might even put going to the lighthouse for the first time above. Yeah. Um, I think that was, that was a really special moment, um, getting my adept messenger, um, destiny two has had so many good moments though. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've taken like every DLC off of work, I think. Um, I, the last time that I worked on a destiny DLC, it was never, I've never worked on the day that a destiny DLC has come out. Mm. I've like gone to work in the morning and then gone home for the DLC launch. Yeah. <laughs> I also uh, I think the only one I missed was Rods of Iron. I played that later in the week. That's the only one. I have to I have to uh, also shout out the moment where Zavala finds out Crow was Aldrin. That uh, such a fu- such a fucking good cutscene. I mean, we could probably do like top five cutscenes at some point. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. We're we're gonna, we're gonna do some countdowns leading into the final shape. Yeah. In uh, in season twenty three, we're gonna do some countdowns. Yeah. Because I want to do that. I want to do like I want to do our top five seasons. I want to do our top five um, cutscenes, top five story revelations, um, maybe favorite lore pieces. Um, I want to do a handful of stuff going into the final shape. Yeah, we're of course going to hit our dungeon rankings again because we have a new dungeon coming out next month. Yeah, or uh, not this month. God, not next month. Not next month. In December. Next season. In December, we have a new dungeon. Um, I want to rank the secret missions. Um, after that, se- during that season, I want to rank the secret missions once we know if we have one or not. Yeah. Just kind of like, where do we stand going into the final chapter of Light and Dark? Yeah. Uh, best adversary. What are the best adversaries the Guardian has ever faced? Oh, man. That would be a good one. Who are the most formidable adversaries? Yeah, that's a good one. We've got three Hive Gods we have to contend with. We've got, uh, we've got Kalos. We've got Keitel. You've got, uh, Aldrin. You've got Skolas. Atheon. Uh, Big boy Gaul. Call man. Megamind. <laughs> uh we you know, we've got we've got a lot of people here that uh that we'd have to go through. Ne- uh Nezzy, uh Rolk. Yeah. There there's a lot of there's a lot of uh people that we can go through and yeah. uh 
rank. So maybe we'll do that at some point. Uh, these are ideas that, not all of these are ideas, but I have had some ranking ideas given to me uh, over the past couple months by listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, maybe we'll do some fun stuff uh, going into the final shape. Yeah. Uh, maybe towards the end of this season and the next, uh, we've been a little bit scarce on news lately. That very much seems by design. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Corey. Yeah, Josh. We have a lore piece to read tonight. Ooh, lore corner. And I, I got a bone to pick with fucking Bungie. Oh, God. I got a bone to pick with Bungie. Because we are five weeks, five, six weeks into the season. Now we're on week six of the story. And every single lore piece you can get is still classified in the AP. Jeez. Oh, That's so... Which makes it almost impossible to do this fucking show, to do lore corner. Because I can't get to any of it. I can get to the weapons and I can get to like sparrows and ghosts that are put in. I cannot get to any of the lore books either through the app or through Ishtar Collective or anything. I I don't have my Xbox in my office, so I can't sit here and just read it straight off the screen. It's becoming a pretty big problem. Yeah, this is, I mean, Um, this is like ridiculous. We've gone two or three weeks before. We are now on week six of me not being able to access stuff from week one. Yeah. And that's just sad. But we endure. Uh, it is worth noting, I'm, I'm looking at uh, the Laminos Sparrow, which is what we're going to read from. And it says here that it's marked as a spoiler in the API until October 3rd. So maybe October 3rd, uh, they'll have mercy on my soul and unlock everything. Well, that's reset, right? Yeah, that's it. It is reset, but I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> All right. So there she was, Glint continued, lost deep beneath the Hellmouth, hunted by the Hive. Imaru tilted forward, uncharacteristically rapt. Crow sat nearby, sipping an ether fizz. The hive ghost had made an offhand inquiry as to where Eris Morn got her third eye, and soon the trio were fully invested in Glint's campfire tale. Glint lowered his voice ominously. With her loyal ghost, Briar, drained of his light, Eris was left defenseless. Her final hope was the bone she'd been gifted by a grateful Ahamkara she saved from certain death once. <laughs> Crow cleared his throat uncomfortably. Actually, he whispered to Glint, I think she killed that Ahamkara. And good thing too, Glint continued without missing a beat, because in her time of need, the spirit of the Ahamkara whispered to her, offering the solution to her problems. <laughs> Easy, Amaro interjected. Ambush an acolyte, rip its head off, and graft its eyes onto her face, right? Crow nodded grimly while Glint rolled his eye. No, the ghost corrected him. (laughs) The Ahamkara told her to befriend a certain knight of Crota who was tired of serving the darkness. Crow choked on his ether fizz, dissolving into a coughing fit. That's not quite. Eris found the knight, and they quickly forged a bond of friendship, Glint passed on. <laughs> the knight taught her an ancient hive spell to help her grow her very own third eye. In exchange, Eris helped the knight free himself from Crota's service. Together, they fought through a whole army of hive and escaped as allies. So... You're telling me, Imaru asked, narrowing his iris, that Eris Morn escaped Crota's clutches with the power of friendship? <laughs> After an uncomfortable pause, Crow sighed. It's close enough, I suppose. <laughs> this is fucking great. I have missed Glint in our lives so much. Oh, man, Glint. 
But Halloween is coming, and I hope that means that Glint and Finch drag Imaru into it this year. I think that would be hilarious to have him have to play off the two idiots, essentially. Oh, gosh, that'd be so awesome. I I, I like that this kind of gives us, like, more insight to Imaru because we we've had a couple lore pieces. So I'm so, ex- I'm so eager to get to these because we had a really great one about Imaru stealing one of the solstice shells and going into the city. It's what specifically the sunglasses one. And he goes into the city and he's like poking around. Yeah. But the idea that like they chose those hive shells, that's the funniest part. They chose the hive shells. <laughs> Um, I like that this gives him a bit more character and so did this week's story, honestly, like he's getting fleshed out more and it's really making, like he even says, he was like, I'm not exactly wanting to resurrect Sabathun, by the way, I don't really want to do this just so you know, but he's like tired of being in charge of the Lucent Brood at the same time. Yeah. He's just like, this is the dude who is like exhausted. Like he got himself in way over his head. He, he's like the Grima Wormtongue of fucking Destiny right now, okay? He's like supposed to be the advisor, and then he has to run shit. He's had to go undercover, and he's just like, you know what? I'm done. <laughs> I'm leaving. That's about how it feels when we read stuff like this. And I, I just love that he's he's hanging out. He's just hanging out. He's like, he's one of the guys, yeah. you know? Yeah. He's, but he, he's like, you know, I, he's like, I'll Delta out of here. I'll be gone. <laughs> I will disappear. Maybe a, he literally says in this week's story, maybe I'll do the Finch thing and become a free agent. I love the idea of him refusing to bring Sabathun back and him just being like, fuck you. I'm just going to hang out. Like, I would love if we walk up to Finch in the future and Amaru is just chilling with him. Yeah. He's just like reclined. He's got like he's got like a ghost shell that has like a recliner chair. There's like a floating keg next to him or something. Like he is a hundred percent retired. He st- he day drinks uh, starting at like six a.m. <laughs> it's not Bloody Mary. She's it, the party just goes all night long. But at the same time, like it kind of makes me hope because we've we know that ghosts can choose their guardians. Yeah. I would really love for him to find a redemption arc eventually, but like he's he's like just enough of an asshole that he needs somebody who is as much of an asshole as him. Yeah, who would that be though? I don't know. I don't think we have anybody. That's the problem. Yeah, <laughs> we we've long said that we would love to see Finch have a guardian, and I, I still would really love to see Finch become Eris's guardian eventually. Yeah. Um, or like join Osiris. I think he would be perfect for the cantankerous uh, Osiris. Yeah. Um, Gosh, Osiris would be like, like their whole back and forth in the future would be like just o- Osiris being annoyed with him because he won't shut up or something. <laughs> Glint, I must implore you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> It'd be great. It'd be great. I would love it. That's funny. So funny. Get us out of here. Get us out of here, Corey. Uh, Short lore corner, funny lore corner this week. Get us in the mood for Festival of the Law. Festival of the Cost is coming your way. All right. Uh, I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening to this episode of Tower Casuals. Remember, Josh and I do an Xbox podcast every other week that you can check out called Xbox Casuals. Indeed. 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 Josh, thank you for your time tonight. As always, where can we find you? Uh, Twitter at Josh underscore Finn two ends. I'm still there. I'm holding out. Holding out until they start making us 
pay for it. Um, That's true. By the way, did you see this is a whole nother conversation? Maybe I shouldn't start it now. But did you see that there's uh, Elon Musk is investing in something called X coin, which is his cryptocurrency? Oh, God, this is playing out like Silicon Valley did a couple years ago, <laughs> and I don't like it. Oh, man. He is actually dumber than Gavin Belson. <laughs> <laughs> which is saying something because that character is 100% modeled off of Elon Musk. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, you can find me at I am Courtney HG on most social media platforms. Join the Discord. Uh, follow us, all that stuff. I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening. And until next time, we love you. Goodbye.